You're listening to Crosspoint Community Church in LaGrange, Texas podcast. To learn more about Crosspoint Community Church, including service times and how you can connect, please visit crosspointchurchtx.org. Who's excited about 2023? Yeah, who's? Can you believe it? It's 2023. I was just getting ready for 2022 a couple weeks ago. So I don't know what happened, but I, for one, am not sad to see it go, and I'm looking forward to it. Hope you are too. Um, glad you're here this morning, whether you're in the room or watching from home. Um, one of the things that might be typical in a New Year's gathering like this is to talk a little bit about, you know, life change, about resolutions and goals and all the hope that we have for what we want to accomplish or become over the next 12 months and beyond. And uh, But Chris is going to spend the next few weeks doing just that. So I want to do something today, uh, perhaps that will just lead into that. Uh, speaking of goals and resolutions, just a sidebar, I do want to say that goals are always better than resolutions because resolutions are just, they're so rigid and unforgiving. And we have a tendency to ditch them once we've broken them, which... You know, about now, into the new year, right? Right about noon, we forgot to go to the gym or eat a healthy breakfast or not drink coffee. That's a silly resolution, by the way. I've just, it's silly. Um, So don't do that. But the the anxiety alone of resolutions sometimes is enough uh, to cause us to sort of fail to to uphold them, right? So goals, I think, are something that's better because you can strive toward a goal. You can grow into what you've set your mind to accomplish over time, not immediately. Because rarely, if ever, does major growth or major life change happen suddenly or overnight. We don't become fundamentally different in a moment just because we want to. We know we need to make some change or to grow in a certain regard, but it's not a switch we can flip. At least, that's not my experience. Goals allow space and they allow for grace. When we stumble or when we miss our mark or we forget, frankly, sometimes. But we're called into a lifelong process of growth and change when we answer Jesus' call to follow. And while I do strongly favor goals and goal setting over resolutions, sometimes... Uh, resolutions are appropriate. I'll tell you why. Now, you can probably tell just from looking at me that I'm something of an elite athlete. They laughed at me. And 11 or so years ago, I made one of the gravest mistakes of my life. I agreed to run a half marathon. And not only did I agree to run a half marathon... I ran a half marathon, and not only did I run a half marathon, but I started training, if that's what you can call what I did, just a few weeks after I moved from Texas to Colorado, where the altitude affects even the most elite athletes, such as myself, and the air is considerably thinner, making it a perfect environment in which to highlight exactly what a horrible mistake I had made. Now, if you've ever run a marathon or a half marathon or a 5K or run around the block, then 
then you already know what I know. Running is awful. It's awful. And those of you who say you enjoy it, we're praying for you. But Ashley and I embarked on this journey to run a half marathon, and she had an advantage over me out of the gate because, A, she enjoys running, and B, she's not a crybaby. And they call these things races. The only part of me that was doing any racing was my heart. My goal regarding this 13.1 miles was just to survive. Just to make it from the starting line to the finish line. I didn't have any expectation. I didn't have any idea how fast I should do that. What a good time would be. I mean, it wasn't a good time at all. But, so we got our little bibs with our little numbers and we found a place and the giant mob of participants and the starting pistol fired and off we went. And I'm not too proud to tell you that the only reason I finished that race was because it was downhill. The whole way. Between Georgetown and Idaho Springs. About mile eight, I just had to give in and let gravity do its thing. It was all I could do, literally, to get one foot in front of the other one. And that got more and more challenging as it went on. And about mile 11, I really didn't think I was, I was going to be able to go any farther. Um, every step, was like it was a full body chore. But I was only two miles away from the end, and we were finishing our race in Idaho Springs. And in Idaho Springs, if you've ever been to Idaho Springs, a little place called Bojo's. And Bojo's is some of the best pizza you'll ever eat. And that's what I was striving for. <laughs> because that's where we were going to, let's say, reload our carbohydrates. And I wanted to get there. So that was where I set my sights. And I kept putting one foot in front of the other. Every movement hurt. Every breath burned. But I pressed on and kept running. And after what felt like an eternity, exhausted, legs about as useful as wet spaghetti, lungs on fire, muscles screaming, and I would have been too if I could breathe, I stumbled across the finish line. I had done it. And as the surge of adrenaline that accompanied the feeling of accomplishment rushed over me, and probably because there was no blood in my head, in a moment of insanity over lunch, I said to Ashley, I said, next year, let's run the full marathon. But by the time we had eaten and gotten out to the car, I couldn't even work the pedals to drive home. My legs were so useless, and I couldn't walk right for about three weeks. So even though I had accomplished my goal... I resolved that day never to run again. A resolution I'm proud to tell you I have kept faithfully for 11 years. If you have your Bibles or your Bible app, turn or swipe over to Philippians chapter 3. And if you don't, that's okay. The text is going to be on the screen behind me. But in this letter to the Philippians, Paul compares our Christian life to a race. A race of great importance, and one that we are all, each and every one of us, in the middle of right now. And this is what Paul has to say in Philippians chapter 3. We'll start in verse 1. Now, we don't have time to unpack this entire chapter uh, this morning. We could go for, for days on that. I promise not to. But I want to read through most of this chapter and then, 
and then talk about one, one thing in particular. Philippians 3, verse 1. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things. And I do this to safeguard your faith. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We were like, now if that's weird to you, remember that the Hebrew people, the sign of their covenant with God was for all the males to be circumcised. This was part of their, this was part of their commitment to God. Okay? But after Christ, these things were no longer required of these Gentile converts who were coming to faith in Christ. But there was this group we call the Judaizers who were trying to make these Gentile converts live by every letter of the old Hebrew law. And the sign of that covenant were for the males to be circumcised. And he says, watch out for these dogs who say you must do this to be saved. But we worship by the spirit of God. And we're the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ has done for us. We no longer put confidence in human effort, though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their effort, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest adherence to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as far as righteousness goes, I obeyed the law without fault. Verse 7. And I once thought these things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless. Because of what Christ has done. Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and be one with him. I no longer count my own righteousness through obeying the law, but I become righteous by faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Verse 10, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience resurrection from the dead. Now get this, remember, this is the Apostle Paul. Okay, He just told you, he just told you what his credentials were. They're pretty solid. He's not some joker off the street. Verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. And I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we've already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine, Paul says, and learn from those who follow our example. So most of the time at this time of the year, like I said, we, we, we start to look ahead, which, which we should do. But too often what we don't do, and frankly what many of us don't know how to do, is to leave the past where it belongs. And that encompasses 
a great many things, whether that be our own sin, our own mistakes, or the effects in our lives of other people's sins and mistakes and choices, or it could be, as Paul says here, whatever we think our achievements are spiritually, or whatever status we think we have, or what we think we know, or who we think we are, or how holy we could consider ourselves pridefully. And Paul sees himself and us in the middle of this race. He's running. He says, I haven't accomplished anything. But Paul, you just told us what you accomplished. He says, yeah, but that's garbage. I used to think that was valuable. What's valuable to me now is oneness with Christ. That's it. That's it. His prize is not his status. And Paul was a big deal. It's not the things that he's been through. If you've read through the book of Acts and some of his letters, you know that Paul went through a great many things. He's not thinking about that here. He is telling the Philippians that your prize is not this religious zealotry that these Judaizers are telling you that it is. And my prize and your prize is not what the world around us tells us that it is. In fact, in a lot of places, it's not even what your church upbringing tells you that it is. Because these Judaizers were attempting to make these Gentile believers do religious things that they thought were good. They thought were necessary, but they were not the gospel. It had nothing to do with Jesus. And we do that, don't we? Or maybe you don't. I do. His language, when he's talking about forgetting the past and straining forward for what lies ahead, is almost desperate. One foot in front of the other. Keep running. Keep striving for what's ahead. Leave the past where it belongs. Keep going because the prize ahead is Jesus. It's not some status. Paul had that. He had status. With the Hebrews, he was a Pharisee. That's a big deal. And after his encounter with Christ, when he followed Jesus, he's at the center of this movement that's changing the world. Paul's a big deal. He says it doesn't matter. That's not important. So what lies ahead? That? No. A life of comfort? No. I encourage you to read the Gospels. That's not what it's about. It's not about a life, attaining some life without challenge or some achievement that we can boast about, that we can be proud of, of our own effort. We don't regard those things anymore, says Paul. The prize is Christ and oneness with him. In Romans, Paul writes that God is working in us to conform us to the image of his son. That's the goal. That's what discipleship is. All the ways that we become more like Jesus. It's not a checklist. It's not a class you take. It's not a bunch of books that you read. It's oneness with Christ. And we so desperately want to be one with Christ. But there are still people like these Judaizers today 
in every denomination, in any church, telling us that all this telling us about all this extra stuff we have to do or say or believe or and none of it's central to the gospel. What is central is faith in Christ. And all that extra stuff is exhausting by itself. And it causes many of us to just give up entirely. I like what Paul says in verse 17. He says, ignore all that mess. You pattern your life after mine. That might sound the same as these other people. Are like, hey, you got to do this. And Paul's like, no, you got to do this. Well, what do I got to do? Paul is saying this gospel is central to my life. You watch what I'm doing. Follow me, pattern your life this way, and after those who also live this way. And the reason I love that is because in the, in the half marathon that I ran, there were these pace runners, and they had little poles they carried with them. And they had times on the top of the pole. And you know, one said one hour, one and a half hours, two hours, two and a half hours. I didn't see any that said three weeks, so I had to pick a different one. But And what that... What that person was going to do, he was going to finish that race in that amount of time. And so if you wanted to run it in two hours, you get with the guy with the pole, said two hours on it. That's how fast he was going to run. Pattern your pace after his pace. And we're not all running at the same pace. In fact, everybody you know is at a different place along the path. We're running at different speeds. Some of us have been running for longer. Some of us are just getting into it. Some of us don't know how fast to run or how slow to go. We're all in different places, and that is okay. These pace runners were not rookie runners. They were seasoned, experienced runners. They weren't hoping to finish the race in two hours or two and a half hours or whatever their little thing said. They knew they would finish it in that amount of time. They knew how. They were going to get who was following them from the starting line to the finish line in that amount of time. They knew what they were doing. What I kind of want us to focus on today, because like I said, this time of year we always talk about like what our goals are, what our resolutions are, what we're looking forward to. And what we forget to do is lay down what belongs in the past. And these things encumber us. The author of Hebrews says, let us lay aside these things that so easily entangle us so that we can be free to run the race that is before us. And that sounds great. I want to do that. How? Now listen, I'm going to tell you something. This is important. Because I'm not here to offer you some pithy, useless, coffee mug, inspirational quote. Okay? That's not why I'm here. I'm not here to offer you some goofy, quick fix, three steps to a better you. Okay? Leaving the past where it belongs is hard. It takes time. It takes work. 
If it were easy, we would have all done it by now. And the Holy Spirit would not have led Paul to write these words for us to have today to remind us that we need to be doing this. And so I don't want you to hear me say that it's simple or that it's fast or that it's easy or it's just a matter of, oh, yeah, I'll just leave that behind. It might be simple. What you're carrying with you might be simple to lay down. It might be easy to lay down, but it might not be. It might be something you have to wrestle with and deal with for years. That's okay. I want you to hear me saying that. That is okay. To forget what lies behind is not, Paul is not asking us to commit intellectual dishonesty. He's not asking us to pretend that things have not occurred in our lives. Okay, this is not men in black. They pull out the little thing, you know, and then you forget everything you knew, right? That's stupid. And Paul is not asking us to do those things. In fact, if you read through Paul's letters, you know that cognitive intentionality is of very high importance to him. You read through his letters and you, you find things like remember and consider and think and dwell and don't dwell and so on and so forth. And what Paul is asking us to do is simply to engage on purpose what is happening in our lives. Remember when Jesus is asked what the greatest commandment is? Part of that is to love the Lord your God with all of your mind. On purpose. In Ephesians, Paul writes at length to remember that we, were, that we once walked in darkness, just like the unbelievers. Well, how can I do that if I'm supposed to forget? The word used here doesn't mean to pretend. It doesn't mean to ignore. What it means is to not... Give it the reins of your life. To put it in its place. To leave it where it belongs. And to do that sometimes, we we have to confront some things, don't we? We've got to deal with some stuff. If we're ever going to truly lay it down. And I can tell you, there have been things in my life that I thought I laid down. And I get down the road, and there it is. I'm still carrying it. And this could, be, this could be any number of things. Do I need to forgive someone? Well, that's not always a one-time deal, is it? What did Jesus tell Peter? When Peter said, hey, how many times should we forgive somebody? Up to seven times? Yeah, great job, Peter. Jesus said, hey, maybe 70 times seven. That's a lot. You might have to. Do I need to ask somebody for forgiveness? Because Jesus also said... To his disciples in that day that before you go to worship, you need to take care of your relationships. Where there's stuff between you, you need to fix that and take care of it before you come to worship. Well, that's heavy. What if I just want to ignore it? Well, I just want to pretend like the things that, that I've done wrong that have impact in other people's lives. Well, Paul said to forget it. Hope you can. You know, no. 
to put it in its right place. We're not talking about pretending. And these things, again, range from small and simple to huge and life-altering. It might take years or decades to work through, but you know what? Every step you take is another step down the path in the race. No matter how fast you're going. Now there's some debate, not here in, in this church, but in kind of the church world about the value of counseling. Now I grew up, many of you grew up in in a time or in churches where your your pastor was the pastor and he was the lawnmower and he was the maintenance guy and he was the counselor and he was all of these things. And then there's and they're expected to to know and be able to deal with every situation that could ever pop up. And I'm here to tell you that I mean, well, somebody's extremely gifted spiritually, unlikely. Unlikely. That any one person is going to be able to do that. And then we swung the opposite direction. And we outsourced all counseling to the secular world. And I'm here to tell you, counseling is good. It's good. And for those of us who are following Jesus, biblical counseling grounded in the word is of tremendous value to us. My least favorite kind of counseling is Bible verse darts, right? So I have a friend, and he wrestles with anxiety. I may have shared this before. These kinds of things drive me nuts. Okay. He wrestles with anxiety. And he's... And my favorite thing, my, really my least favorite thing, is when you have somebody that's dealing with something like that, it's really heavy and hard to carry and hard to deal with, and they say, well, in Matthew, Jesus said, don't be anxious for anything. Yeah, I know. So stop. Oh, okay. Because if it were that easy, we'd have all done it by now. But things take work. They take time. We have to grow. We have to learn. Right? When we come to Christ, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, we are a what? New creation. Right? Babies are new creations. They can't mow the grass. Right? They can't eat cereal. can't vacuum the floor, right? They have to grow. They have to learn. Same is true of us. And we're all at different places in the race. And it's not a race in the sense that we're trying to win against each other. We're trying to get to the finish line, to the prize, to that prize which is oneness with Christ. None of the rest of it. None of the rest of it. And every step we take forward matters, regardless of your pace or your experience. And it's, it's tremendously important to find pace runners to help us. People that we can look to 
to follow. Especially when we don't know what we're doing. Right? Ever been there? In your walk with Christ? Have no idea what you're doing at times? Yeah, just raise your hands. So, because that's all been us from time to time. So when Paul says, forget what lies behind, again, he's not asking us to pretend that things don't happen in our lives. He's saying we need to put them in their place. Step by step. To lay it down. To learn to lay it down. Some people are really good at that. And some of us are not as good at it as we think we are. Right? Bottling something up is not laying it down. We have to learn to lay it down and to let go of it. Okay? Now, we'll do something this morning. Well, we do it every week, but sort of intentionally. Amy and Leslie are going to come back up here, and, and they're going to sing over us. And feel free to sing along, um, obviously. The words will be on the screen. But before you do, I want to challenge you to do something. Okay? Because, again, I'm not here to tell you that this is a switch you can flip. These things take time. But they also take intentional engagement. And some of us, it's easy to look at, we know we have something we need to deal with. We know, we know there's a broken relationship or something that's happened to us or something that we've caused in somebody else's life. And we know it's there and we don't, eh, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of effort. I don't even know how. Right? So it's easy to get really anxious about those things. So much so that we never even begin. And so this morning, I'm not asking you to figure out everything in your life before you walk out the door. Okay? But you have to figure it out by next week when Chris... I'm just kidding. I'm going to ask you to figure out everything in your life before you walk out the door. I'm going to you to take one step. Two, actually. So what we're going to do, we have response stations around the room. There's communion over there in the back. There's some candles if you want to light a candle and pray. But back here is a cross. And there are some pieces of paper and some pens and some push pins. What I want to invite you to do as they sing in, in a minute after we pray, just at your volition to go back there, take one of those pieces of paper and to write down one thing. One thing that the Holy Spirit has revealed to you you need to deal with and lay down. Whether that takes an hour of your life or that takes the next 10 years of your life. Because most of us are aware of something in our lives. God has revealed that to us. Maybe not this morning. Maybe at some point in your life. You know you need to deal with something. I don't want to. I don't know how. What I invite you to do is just to write it down. Don't put your name on it. Nobody's going to read them. Just write it down. This is a step for you to take to acknowledge it in your life. That's step one. Because sometimes we're aware of things, 
being aware of something is not dealing with the problem, right? I can be aware that my kitchen is flooded because of a burst pipe, and being aware of that is not going to fix it. The second thing I want you to do, the second step I want you to take is to reach out to somebody. Maybe not in this room, in this moment. Reach out to somebody, somebody that you trust, a pace runner that you can look to to follow. And if you don't know who to reach out to, let us know. We'll help you find somebody. Reach out to somebody, a friend, a parent, a counselor, a pastor. To say, I don't know how to deal with this. And I know I've got to. Because I want to lay this down. And I want to run. I want to run. So if you'll stand with me, I'm going to pray. And then as they sing, you take the opportunity to do that. And if you want to write it down on your Connect card, or if you want to say, hey, I... I need to talk to somebody. Write that down on your connect card. You can do it online. You can do it with cards in the back. Drop them in the box. We'll, we will get in touch with you about that. Because these are the steps. The scriptures are clear. We've got to lay this stuff down. We've got to shed the stuff that is encumbering us. We want to run. Sometimes it feels like we're crawling. Sometimes it feels like we're stuck in the mud. Father, we love you. We want to run. God, we want to be conformed into the image of Christ. We want to be like Jesus. Jesus said that he came to give us life and to give it to us in abundance. God, we want that. We know that doesn't mean a life of comfort or without challenge or without hardship. God, we want to learn to lay these things down. So we can run after you. We can be made like Jesus. Whether that's forgiving someone or asking for forgiveness or dealing with something we don't want to deal with. God, give us the courage to reach out, to find a pace runner who knows what they're doing in an area we might not. God, help us to be pace runners. areas that we might know more about or have more experience in. God, lead us to you. Thank you for joining us for the Cross Point Community Church Podcast. It is our prayer that this message was encouraging to you as you follow Jesus. For more about Cross Point Community Church, you can find us online at crosspointchurchtx.org. Have a great week.